Hi, I'm Carmen LeBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LeBurge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles, arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise by your power. We will go by your spirit. We are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, good morning again. I'm Carmen LeBurge. This is. Hour two of Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network. If you missed hour one, you can always get it on the Faith Radio app at myfaithradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. And if you're not already subscribed to Mornings with Carmen as a podcast, well, you should do that. There you go. It, it, you get the show notes, which is, um, you know, all of the links to all of the articles and the people who we talk with here on air. Um, and sometimes, you know, some of my own thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. All right. So uh, I think it's safe to say that we are in an economic recession. You're going to hear the term used and people are going to say, you know, formal definitions, informal definitions. Um, the the U.S. markets, economic markets, you know, uh, sank Friday to what I would describe as close to a historically bad month and quarter. Um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average closed 22 percent below its January 5 peak um, for the year. Um, lots of fretting out there, hand wringing. Uh, you know, there's there's a tighter monetary policy, which setting the stage for the Dow's like worst year to date performance since 2008. So I think that um, it's fair to say that we are, um, you know, we're in bear territory for sure. Um, we might be in full recession mode or certainly screaming toward it. Um, what what does that matter and why why should we care? I think that as Christians, you know, we always need to be prepared um, not just to care for ourselves on a rainy day, but to turn and care for others. And that's actually what we're going to talk about now, how it is that Christians um, are turning toward our neighbors in the southeastern United States and Puerto Rico, particularly to the devastation wrought in the state of Florida. Hurricane Ian's death toll continues to rise, as do the estimates of the economic cost of this absolutely devastating hurricane. More than half a million Floridians remain without power. The floodwaters are still rising in some areas. And you're going to say to yourself, what? What? How is that possible? All right, it's a phenomenon called compound flooding. So rivers, which crested from heavy rainfall, um, are then, you know, blocked with storm surge. And it prevents them from draining back into the ocean. And so um, prayers today for people in St. Cloud who have been uh, told that they need to evacuate Emergency, uh, federal emergency management officials have launched what they describe as their largest ever search and rescue effort. Um, The number of fatalities um, climbed to 87 on Sunday, but that number is expected to continue to climb as additional um, places are searched and um, and other deaths are investigated for possible ties um, to the storm. The White House announced late Saturday that the president and first lady are going to visit Puerto Rico today, and then they will visit Florida on Wednesday. Uh, More than 1,600 people have been rescued from uh, Hurricane Ian's path in parts of southwest and central Florida, um, according to Governor Ron DeSantis' office on Sunday. Um, But as we said, more than 628,000 homes, businesses, and other uh, customers throughout Florida still uh, don't have power 
And as you look at the pictures and you watch the, uh, you know, video footage that you see, you say to yourself, well, power's not going to be restored because many of those places um, are simply too devastated. And so we wanted to talk um, with somebody who is on the ground, um, somebody who is serving um, right there. And so David Coggins is joining us. He is in Port Charlotte, Florida. He's the state director for the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief. Um, And he is going to tell us not only what he's seeing and witnessing, um, but how Christians are serving our neighbors uh, in uh, the southwest part of Florida and what we can do to help. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. David Coggins is joining us. He's the state director for the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief. David, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Carmen. Appreciate you having us on today. Um, I I feel confident that you're utterly exhausted. Um, Talk with us about the status on the ground, what you're seeing, experiencing, and hearing from uh, the people of Florida. Um, Well, this uh, has been a pretty significant storm. Uh, pretty devastating. Uh, you know, a few years ago, we we thought we uh, well, thirty years ago, we celebrated this year the thirty year anniversary of Andrew, which was devastating in its own way. And then four years ago, we had Hurricane Michael that came across the Panhandle, and and uh, we thought that would eclipse Andrew. And then now we've had Ian, and uh, just the severity of that it took a similar track as uh, as Irma did. Came in southwest coast and then moved up the state all the way across and went out the other side so it's uh, pretty significant uh, a lot of, as you said earlier a lot of flooding a lot of water um, the, the interstate was closed at one point uh, i was concerned to the safety with the rising water so it's just been a lot of a lot of challenges in that moving equipment getting things ready but we're uh, we're here we're operational and meeting a lot of people and meeting a lot of needs. All right. So you are um, presently in Port Charlotte. Give us a sense of the geography related to that um, and in in terms of the impact zone. Obviously, most of us are seeing pictures. We're seeing drone footage. We're beginning to see other, you know, videos that go up and down, not only the, you know, the southern Gulf Coast of Florida, but then across the state. Um, and then, you know, obviously our friends in South and North Carolina as well. Um, but talk with us about where you are, what's happening in Port, Port Charlotte. And when you say we're operational, what does that mean? Okay. Uh, we're located in Port Charlotte, which is Charlotte County, uh, the same general location that, uh, Charlie came through in 04 and, uh, uh Punta Gorda, uh, Charlotte Harbor, and then Fort Myers, Cape Cold is just south of us, where, where the more of the I came across between here and Fort Myers. Um, when I say operational for us, uh, Southern Baptist Disaster Relief, which incorporates all of the Southern Baptist Convention states that are associated, uh, for us, we do, basically, we have two uh, what we call bookend uh, response. We do mass care feeding, 
which means we feed in, in significant volume, uh, prepare meals and distribute those with our partners, either American Red Cross or Salvation Army and some others. And then we do our cleanup and recovery, which uh, is our chainsaw crews, our temporary roof uh, crews doing tarps. And uh, depending on what who you talk to, we either call it flood recovery or muck out or mud out, um, where we go in where homes been flooded and remove all of the damaged uh, furniture, flooring, walls, uh, mitigate that mold and get it prepared for the homeowner to then go back in and rebuild. So we have both of those operations going here. We have uh, seven other state Baptist conventions like us that are on the ground and are operational. We have nine uh, sites uh, from Fort Myers all the way up to just south of Sarasota and then over in Wachula that will be doing the same thing. They have feeding, mass care feeding, uh, operational and then we have our chaplains and on the ground and some other other ministry as well again we're talking with david coggins um we are talking about the baptist response um, to the disaster in florida you can check out what we're talking about and connect with them at flbaptist.org backslash disaster relief fl that's florida baptist.org backslash disaster relief. Um, all the links will be in my show notes um, today as well if you get those um, if you get those for mornings with Carmen. Um, I grew up in Tampa and so I am um, very familiar with um, you know what what we did when I was a child and um, and a young adult in terms of preparedness and in terms of evacuation. I only remember evacuating once as a child um, from uh, South Tampa where we lived. Um, we evacuated to Sefner near Plant City, um, you know, so we just drove inland. But I think about the um, the number of people who now live in Florida, you know, who didn't live there 40 years ago, right? And so we're talking about a, a massive number of people. I think I'm wondering, David, we, you know, it's not just homes and schools, it's hospitals, senior living facilities, it's people who, you know, were having a hard time caring independently for themselves before the storm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not asking you to, you know, for you to make a prediction because I think that's impossible to do. But um, some people are going to have to move. Like, not everybody is going to be able to stay there. Yeah, um, we saw this with, uh, well, we, you know, uh, we all saw it in Katrina. A lot of people that left uh, New Orleans, left that area, uh, never, never moved back because their homes were so devastated. Uh, we saw that somewhat in Michael. I, I actually live in the Panhandle of Florida, uh, and where Michael came through. And we saw that in that 10 county, uh, impact zone of the Panhandle. The same thing. And I, I'm, I'm sure that will be the same, uh, you know, thing here. We'll see some homes that were completely devastated and, uh, people have to leave and have no way to, to you know, rebuild or, or, uh, just mm-hmm. come back to this part of the state uh, yeah I'm, a, I'm thinking about the, yeah i think i'm thinking about that those of us who live in other parts of the country we need to be prepared to receive um you know essentially internally displaced people in our own country in relationship to this and particularly older adults who you know lived on on the coast of, of southwest florida the places where they lived um it's going to take too long for those places to be restored for those people who 
you know, are not long for this life uh, to wait that out. And so I just think that a, a spirit of hospitality might need to emerge across the country in terms of um, being ready to receive people who need to leave. Yeah, and, you know, I, I from experience a little bit recently having to kind of go through that. My mother passed away uh, a few weeks ago, and mm. uh, so I... My sister and I live about four hours from my dad, and so we were trying to make some decisions. And so he chose to stay close to his, his home, uh, and was in an assisted living facility. So if if something were to happen where he lives, he's he's in Alabama, North Alabama. But if he was here, and that assisted facility, assisted living facility, you know, was unlivable, uh, we would be back to figuring out, okay, now how, how do we take care of him? Right? So I, I think what you're, you know, that thought process is, is certainly something that we need to consider because there, you know, there will be a lot of properties that, that will be uninhabitable for a long time. It, it's, you know, there's so much with roofing or finding contractors to go back in. Just the, the amount of material that's needed, the amount of contractors that, that, are, that are needed that are that are legitimate, uh, credible, you know, folks that are not going to take advantage. Are going to be in short supply, so it does take a long time to rebuild uh, those places that are really completely devastated. So, uh, that's uh, yeah, that that'll be a big challenge, I think. And uh, in the state of Florida, Governor DeSantis has led the state the Division of Emergency Management that we partner with have been very good about uh, you know assistance and temporary housing, even long term housing solutions through that department of the state uh, helping. We're going to continue our conversation with David Coggins in just a moment. He's the state director for the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief. He's on the ground in Port Charlotte, Florida. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen LeBurge, and this is Faith Radio. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show we do on the Faith Radio Network every day. There is a lot going on at Faith Radio Tons of free resources waiting for you to take advantage of and share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. Be sure to check us out on social media as well. Um, This is a community of believers, and we gather together here, and we all need prayer. And, well, we'd love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer. We pray for specific requests every single week when we gather on Tuesdays and Thursdays as a staff. So share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at MyFaithRadio.com and then be assured of our prayers for you in the spirit of Christ. Check it all out at MyFaithRadio.com. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. David Coggins uh, has joined us. He's the state director for the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief. They're on the ground in Port Charlotte, Florida. There are um, seven other state Baptist uh, conventions uh, involved as well in terms of the disaster relief and response across nine sites that are now operational um, in uh, in Florida. They're not alone. Um, there are many, many other uh, disaster um, response agencies as well. Lots of people of faith engaged um, on, on the front lines of this ministry. Let's be praying for particular churches and congregations. Let's be praying for pastors. Let's be mindful that, um, you know, not only are the individuals in these churches affected, but the churches are affected as well. And so if, you know, if your church is, um, 
interested in reaching out and partnering with a local congregation across the state of Florida, I really encourage you to do that um, and be partnering with a reputable disaster relief agency, um, you know, like we're talking with today at, at the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief Um and David, remind us, like, now is not the time for people to get in their cars and head to Florida to help because there's nowhere to stay. Um, there's no, um, I mean, right, this is not the time for volunteers. Talk with us about, like, the the time span over which help is going to be needed and when you'll be ready for, like, volunteers from out of state to come. Uh, yeah, Carmen, uh, you know, in especially in a storm this size, the, the, the push and the rush is to get there immediately. Um, and we think about the, you know, the great devastation and we need, to, we need to do something right away. And even now there's still, you know, some bridges that are impassable. And as you said, there's still some water rising and some, even some evacuation notices that are out there. So this, this will not be a short lived response. Uh, it will be a long term response uh, just because of the size of the uh, of the impact so there are ways that people can can get involved and, and they can uh, volunteer down the road and like right now on our site here we've just had an influx of our own uh, volunteers we have about four thousand volunteers with Florida Baptist we're actually having to set up a tent to do additional housing so being patient and watching uh, you know the opportunities volunteer Florida is a great resource that we have in Florida. Uh, it's the organization that works with our Florida BOAD and our ESF 15 uh, at the State Division of Emergency Management that manages volunteers. So Volunteer Florida's website has a lot of volunteer opportunities on there for, for us and uh, for these other uh, organizations that you talked about. So yeah, it'll there's time down the road. It, it's not an immediate. Uh, there are a lot of people here, but there will be need for more people, you know, down the road. Right so now, peace, yeah. yeah, right now, David, in addition, obviously, to prayer um, and to financial support, um, what would you say if there if there are tangible things that, you know, churches across the country could be collecting and sending, um, are there are there specific things that would be helpful in addition to you know, the, the very uh, important gifts of financial resources and, and prayer. Well, I, I, I will say what uh, the leaders at Volunteer Fraud always say, cash is best. Because okay. cash can be turned into exactly what we need. The, the Part of the problem when there are mass donations is we have to have someone to unload them someplace to warehouse them, someone to treat them. Oftentimes they're just you know, thrown into a truck or something and loaded it. And, and, and with good intentions, but it makes it our job harder here. And, and like with us, we're not set up to receive a lot of donations and have a place to warehouse those. But we have a lot of moving parts already on the site. But going to Volunteer Florida, they do have some warehouse donation locations that where that can uh, be done. But again, cash is best. And we can so turn that around and give cards, uh, fuel cards. You know, it's easy. We can give those. People can go to Walmart or Sam's and get what they need if we've given them a, you know, a visa card. I know that um, the folks are raising concern about, um, you know, about 
farms and farmers and agriculture. Um, so we're going to keep that in the forefront of our prayers as well. I'll try to bring you guys an update um, from Central Florida in relationship to um, some some farmers uh, there. Um, but David, as we um, close our conversation with you, could we could we pray for you and by extension for everyone else who's on the ground responding? Sure, we would love that and appreciate that so much. Father, we come before you right now um, with our brother David, bearing him up in our prayers in the name of Jesus. We ask, Father, that you would strengthen him and uphold him, that you would give um, every spiritual resource that's necessary for the accomplishing of your will in and through him this day. Father, for every person um, whose, whose eyes he meets today, um, who, the, the places where he steps, um, the, the things over which you have set him as your good steward, Father, we just ask blessings to flow, um, that your grace would abound in, in measure that is not only sufficient but abundant, Father, that people would feel loved and cared for, and that those who are serving would feel strengthened um, for the journey ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Carmen. We appreciate it so much. Absolutely. That's David Coggins. He's the state director for the Florida Baptist Disaster Relief. You can connect with them and with David directly at Florida disaster.org you can connect with them at flbaptist.org backslash disaster relief and then the volunteer site that he mentioned volunteerflorida.org you're listening to mornings with carmen i'm carmen laburge this is faith radio What season of life are you in? What season of life are you in? This isn't really like a spring, summer, winter, fall conversation, but it, fall, winter, it could be, it could be. But what season of life are you in? Um, my mom is 84. And um, one of my friends recently observed that, hey, you know what? Your mom has like had really, really four very distinct seasons in her life um, because we were talking about, um, well, the death of my dad when I was 15. And so my mom would have been 45. Um, and so that was uh, a major change in season for, um, for her. Um, but so let me just walk through my mom's seasons of life really quick. So like, you know, from, from childhood through college, right? So there's one season of life. And let's say that that's 21, 22 years. And then she married my dad and they had the, um, you know, the, the family career season of life. And um, my sister graduated from high school and I was 16 the year my dad died. And so that season of life for my mom ended very abruptly. And she made that transition from um, a full house and a full life to an empty, not only a completely empty nest, but an empty bed. Um, and so she, that was like this traumatic transition. And she spent the next 20 years, you know, 45 to 65 as a single widow um, working very diligently at her career. Um, and then when she retired at 65, she met Ron and they've now been married for 20 years. And so she's had a completely different season, um, you know, this time around as well. But how do you like refresh your dreams? How do you make those transitions when you know the season of life that you are now in or entering is different? I mean, substantially different than the one you've already passed through. 
Um, how do you dream again? How do you live into the next season of life? That is the topic of conversation um, with Shane Moore. Shane is the co-author of Women at Halftime, a guide to reigniting dreams and finding renewed joy and purpose in your next season. That's up next. You're on Mornings with Carmen. Throw me like a stone in the water. Watch the mud rise up. Dress me like a lamb for the slaughter. All right, are you at uh, a halftime point? Are you at a point of transition? You want to be in a different season of life or you know you're in a different season of life, but you don't really know how to flourish in it? We're going to talk with Shane Moore right now. The book is Women at Halftime, a guide to reigniting dreams and finding renewed joy and purpose in your next season. Shane, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Hello, welcome, or thank you for welcoming me. Very happy to be here. All right, you are like a fruit in every season kind of girl. So, um, because you um, you flourish, you seem to flourish in every season of life in a myriad of um, uh, of settings. Um, you're you're passionately pushing against those things that you would like to see changed in the world. Um, you're equipping others to do likewise. You've raised a family, like so. I think that you are. Um, uniquely positioned to encourage us if, you know, if we've arrived at that place in life where we feel stuck. So talk with us about who um, Women at Halftime is for and, and sort of the itch you're seeking to scratch. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, this book is written in partnership with the Halftime Institute. Um, a man by the name of um, Buford wrote Halftime in the 90s, but he wrote it for men. And what was happening is a lot of women were going through these halftime programs and the curriculum wasn't really matching their needs. And so what what we found out, we talked to, I co-wrote this with my coach. I actually went through this process, Carolyn Castleberry. And we talked to hundreds of women who just said, we have such unique needs at halftime. And, and to your point about your mom's story, um, halftime, it can be a midlife halftime. It can be 40s, 50s, 60s. But we have um, Linda Buford, the widow of Bob. She wrote the epilogue to this book, and she's in her 80s. So it's kind of that same idea that women, something has happened in your life. So for me, I was stuck. I had done all these things. And then suddenly I was empty nesting and I felt like I was forgotten. I was like, I, I cannot mm-hmm. give my giftings away. I would try to get jobs and people, I couldn't get past an HR computer program. It was like, who's going to hire a 50 year old housewife who I, I worked from home, but it didn't, or I was a high impact okay. volunteer. But, so, but it didn't I know, translate so, to, yeah. I know, yeah. but so, so I want people to know when Shane says, you know, I'm 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 a 50 something year old housewife. Let me just say that she's the author and co-author of five books including Ending Human Trafficking, a handbook for strategies for the church today. She has served as the director of operations at the Humanitarian Disaster Institute at Wheaton College. She has um taught courses on human trafficking for Wheaton's MA program. Um, her book, Refuse to Do Nothing, Finding Your Power to Abolish Modern Day Slavery, was named Resource of the Year by Outreach Magazine. I mean, on and on. Her first book, Global Soccer Mom, Changing the World is Easier Than You Think, um, chronicles her work with HIV um, and AIDS. Um, she's got an MA in theology. She's got a lot of varied interests. She holds a certificate in the professional program in screenwriting from UCLA's School of Theater, Film, and Television. And she feels or felt stuck. 
And so I read all of that. I share all of that so that you will know as you're listening right now um, that it, it's okay to be highly accomplished and and a, a really um, gifted person who then also feels at a changing season as if there's not anything left. And we're here Absolutely. to tell you there is more. There is something more. So tell us Absolutely. about the halftime the, the halftime invitation here for women. Yeah, the halftime invitation is the book. We take you through a four step process. And I went through this with my coach. And because you're not the same person you were in your 20s and your 30s or your 40s, you, you know, so we halftime is an invitation to pause, take time for yourself. Who are you now? What do you actually value? What, what do you dream? We talk in the book a lot about turn your dreamer back on. I remember my coach saying, if your life could look like anything, what would you want it to be doing? And who would you want to be? And it made me angry. I was like, I don't have those kind of choices. So mm. to your point, I maybe had accomplished things. I had certainly done things. I had raised a family. But I was caught up in limiting beliefs and even lies about how I could be used in the world in the second half of my life. And so we do, we, we, there's stories throughout this book. So there's a lot of women to relate to, but we also have very specific activities. So we always encourage people do this with friends, do this with a group of people, find a coach, find a, a spiritual director, find a mentor, because it's time. Halftime is a time to get really honest with yourself. What do you love to do? And and it, and sure, it might maybe you love decorating houses, and you that's what you want to do. You want to flip houses. Great. Like we're not saying this is like every single person has to go into full time ministry for you to have joy and purpose in your second half. But it really is a time to give yourself grace, do the hard work on yourself. Who am I today? What do I value? And what do how do I want to serve God and other people? Maybe it is going to the mission field in Cambodia or across the world, but maybe it's, I love being a hostess and I'm going to have dinner parties for my neighborhood, but really digging into that your Ephesians 2.10 calling that he had, you are created in Christ Jesus to do good works and that he has prepared in advance for you to do. And just really taking the time to find those works specific to who God created you to be. I love that. I am on board. Um, if you're saying to yourself right now, I need this, I want this, um, <laughs> I totally want to do this. We've got some copies to give away today of Women at Halftime. And so text the word book to 877-933-2484. Tiana, if you're listening, you need a copy of this. Jessica, if you're listening, you need a copy of this. Like, right, I actually, Shelly, you need a copy of this. I know the people in my life who are like me, um, who need copies of Women at Halftime, and we could do it together. That would be a fun exercise. So if you want to enter the drawing for the copies we have to give away today of Women at Halftime, text the word BOOK to 877-933-2484. Shane, um, one of the things that I uh, have resisted over the course of time, I mean, I have one of those resumes that looks like a... Um, I don't know. It, it looks it, it looks like a dot to dot. It does not look like a straight line um, or a ladder or anything like that. But I think we've been raised in a culture that that has said, you know, you move along these paths, you move up this staircase, you move up this ladder, da 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 da. And and life is not like that. And my calling is not like that. And my 
Um, my seasons are not like that. Is it okay for me to get out of my lane? Like for people who say, you got to stay in your lane. You got to pick a lane and you got to stay in it. Can I get out of my lane? Absolutely. In fact, we encourage women to do that. We have this idea of sort of low cost probes, which means, you know, you kind of put yourself out there in the world. You, you start, you see someone I'm interested in what that person's doing. And you start taking these little risks. I'm going to ask that person a coffee. I'm going to volunteer at this place and just kind of dip my toe in. And because I think, I think a real challenge for women when they've hit a halftime, and again, a halftime can be a loss, like a spouse has passed away, a divorce. Maybe you were a, a high-powered lawyer and you're not doing that anymore. I mean, it's really you have found, you know, your dance card is kind of like wide open. And you and, and the challenge for women is we tend to just stay busy, fill it, fill it, fill it, fill it. But we, te- we tend to fill it without intention. And so getting out of your lane is kind of the, the wonderful invitation is you can dream you can do whatever you want. And and I always sort of have a word to the husbands or the men or the families around women at halftime too, to say, you know, let them explore. Don't be speaking, you know, that you're beneath that or you're above that. Like this is their time. We are prepared for the first half of our life. We go to school. If we're, if we're blessed, we can go to college, vocational school, marriage counseling, you name it. We are totally set up for the first half of our life. And then women... We've, you know, most of us have have raised children, even if you have it, but you you you've had a huge career, and you have this. No one prepared us for the second half of what is next, mm. and so it takes time. It takes getting out of your lane. It takes exploring who you are. And we in the book we have the, this thing we call three essential practices, and they're at the end of every chapter, and it's pray, act, adjust. So to your point, we know it's not it's not a straight line. It's not. So every chapter you go through, we give you prayer prompts. We give you ideas of how to act, whether that's calling, calling, stepping, taking a risk and calling someone you wouldn't normally reach out to. And then adjust what's working, what's not working, what's making sense. How is the Holy Spirit talking to you about moving forward in this new path and finding a new sense of joy and purpose? All right, if you're saying to yourself right now, um, oh, I want um, more of that. I recognize that um, I'm in a different season or I'm approaching a different season of life and I don't, I don't have much joy or positive anticipation about that because I don't, I don't know what to do with it. That's actually who this book is written for. So this book is for you. So we'd love for you to text the word book to 877-933-2484. We're going to continue our conversation with Shane Moore in just a moment. We're talking about women at halftime. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen.
tend to think about loss as negative. Um, but sometimes uh, we need space to be created in our life in order that God can introduce um, someone or something that he really wants to give us or wants us to do on his behalf, um, those good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And um, and space has to be created for that. And so without loss, without something being pared away, there's not room and opportunity um, for God to create in us um, that next new thing that he desires. That transformative process is sort of discipleship as we grow up and grow older. We're talking about that process now. Halftime for Women, or Women at Halftime is the book, a guide to reigniting dreams and finding renewed joy and purpose in your next season. Uh, Co-author Shane Moore is with us now um, to continue the conversation. When you think about, um, Shane, when you think about evaluating activities or people or places where we invest our time, because time is now no, without question, my most valuable resource. And so, you know, when I think about all of the time that I spend and how I spend that time, um, how, how, how can you help me evaluate some of that? Yeah, that's a great question. And we do talk about that a lot in the book, this, this concept of um, creating capacity in your life. And um, that could be your time, it could be your resources, um, you know, and that's very important as you're leaning into what God may have for you is to be very realistic about your capacity and and where things can um, actually happen. Um, a, a lot of women um, that we interviewed also speak of, even if they're doing really wonderful things, maybe they're, you know, one woman was like leading a foundation, right? But she was burned out mm-hmm. and it wasn't her joy anymore. And so we have a couple activities of um, helping women take two weeks, take a month, take two months and start documenting what brings you joy. Take pictures. We, we you know, make a Pinterest board, like do something creative, like what sparks your joy? What sparks your dreams? What sparks that creativity that God put in you that that's just you? You know, and and then you can start and we have a whole chapter on values. And this speaks to how you're spending your time. What is, am I spending my time? Does it line up with what I value? With who I now understand as my identity? We have a whole chapter on identity in Christ. Like, does my life look like my identity? What I value? And then what, what is bringing me joy? And if those things aren't lining up, then yeah, it's probably time to make some big changes. And we actually have a woman that we tell her story that, again, she was running this foundation. She was running, uh, doing a wonderful work for the world, burned out. And she wrote, um, she wrote a resignation letter to herself and she just kind mm. of put it in the drawer, but it, it you know, she didn't re- resign right away, but it was just, it gave her mental capacity, spiritual capacity to start imagining, start dreaming that that she could spend her life in a way that matched who she was in this new season. Hmm. Um, when we talk about um, obstacles, you talked about, you know, limiting beliefs or having a limiting belief. Um, can you unpack that a little bit further? Are there are there some limiting beliefs or fears that you can identify that are going to help people kind of set a mental hook here? Yeah, absolutely. And every um, 
every one of the the sections in the the book are is sort of my personal story and really unpacking my own limiting beliefs because i truly truly believed that god was finished with me i truly believed that i had done everything i was going to do that i had i had i had contributed to the world and the kingdom and i was i was done nobody wanted anything that i had to offer um and so we have a whole section called get free and we take women through, you know, you need to get free of limiting beliefs and lies. But we also have a whole chapter on forgiveness. If you have reached a half time in your life, trust me, you have people you need to forgive. <laughs> and mm. you're not going to go into the second half of your life with joy and purpose if you are holding on to resentments and if you can't forgive people. And Carolyn, my coach and co-author, she actually tells women when she takes them through this process, you know, it's okay. You might need to just go do some therapy or or go meet with a spiritual director. You, you have some hard work to do on forgiveness before you continue in this halftime process. It's that important. It is mm. it, that it's so crucial. And again, these kind of ideas when, when you're going through like a man's curriculum for midlife, we th 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 that kind of stuff isn't unpacked. But we get really honest. I mean, women have dealt with a lot. There's been abuse. Uh, there's been, you know, whatever, betrayals. And the, those those lies that you're not lovable, you don't have value, you deserved the horrible things that happened to you, those take over a woman's heart. And so there's there's limiting beliefs that you have to get rid of. There's um, actual lies from the pit of hell that you have to get rid of. And then there's also, you have to forgive. And then quite frankly, there might be some people you need to get rid of. Because you're if you're not the same person and you now are like, this is my identity. These are what I value. I have forgiven people, but, I, you, but what's your inner circle look like? And do, do, does your inner circle of your friends, do they match who you are? You know, and so that is also a huge challenge. An obstacle is find your people. It's mm -hmm. okay. I'm not. T I'm not saying just cut out everybody and go be crazy. But I'm saying be intentional with your inner circle, and do they match who you are and who you want to be at halftime? I love that. I love that. Um, Shane Moore, thank you so much for joining us. The book is Women at Halftime. Yes, we have copies to give away today. You can text the word book to 877-933-2484. Shane, favorite place for people to connect with you, um, uh, you know, in social media? I am. I'm very active on both Instagram and Facebook. So Shane Moore. All right. Shane Moore. You can also just check out Shane's website, shanemoore.org. And we do right? have a women, yeah, and we do have a women at halftime.org um, website, which I should mention because there is a free downloadable reading guide there. And um, and also, I believe Tyndale has like a 20% off code as well there. So, but that's, cool. it's, yeah, free downloadable. And again, women do, we do community the best. We do things in community the best. So the, the funnest and most effective way to go through this book is grab some girlfriends and do this together. I love that. Women at halftime.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. Hey, a couple of things.
things to be aware of here. Um, tomorrow is Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It begins at sundown. Yom Kippur is considered um, for our Jewish friends the most important and sacred of religious holidays. It's a day of fasting, repentance, and worship. So just note that uh, in terms of what's going on in your community and around the world. Um, tomorrow is also National Taco Day, and because it's Tasty Tuesday, I will probably not be able to resist talking about that tomorrow. But today, if you wanted to check it out, McDonald's now has Happy Meals for Adults. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way, you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.